It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Described as a Euro-Caribbean disco reggae group, Boney M had a string of hit songs in the charts between 1976 and 86. Songs like Daddy Cool, Rasputin, The Rivers of Babylon, and Brown Girl in the Ring all contributed to almost 150 million record sales. Created by German record producer Frank Farian and originally based in Germany, the original lineup consisted of Jamaican girls Liz Mitchell and Marcia Barrett, Maisie Williams from Montserrat, and Dutch performer Bobby Farrell. This evening in Where the Road Takes Me Special, we continue and conclude a two-part program, The Story and the Songs of Boney M., and continue our conversation with Liz Mitchell and Marcia Barrett. In the concluding program, we hear about the untimely death of Bobby Farrell, Marcia Barrett on racism and her battle with cancer, the hurried recording of Mary's Boy Child that eventually turned into a worldwide hit, and how vodka kept them warm inside and out during a visit to the Soviet Union in sub-zero temperatures. Good evening and welcome to Where the Road Takes Me.
Boney M and one-way ticket to the Blues. Well, the only male member of Boney M was Bobby Farrell. He was born on the island of Aruba and came to Germany after a spell in Norway. He was spotted working as a DJ in Germany by Frank Farian. Farian later admitted that he made almost no vocal contributions to the group, but mimed on stage what Farian had recorded himself previously. But he did, however, perform live on some of the early Boney M incarnations. Bobby Farrell died at the age of 61 on December 30th, 2010, ironically in St. Petersburg, where the subject of one of Bonnie M's hits, Rasputin, had lived and died. Marcia Barrett remembers being at home in Germany when she heard of Bobby Farrell's death. I was here, I was about to go and do a show somewhere, either Dubai or, or what, and I heard about it and I thought, oh Jesus, I only hope I can make the funeral, because you know when you have contracts for shows, and these are big contracts, you're not gonna, you can't throw it down because you're committed. Sure. So, but it worked out fine, and I was able to attend. My husband and I attended his funeral, and that was reality. But we didn't get to look at Bobby, so it's a little strange feeling. <laughs> yeah. What type of character was he? Because he was this so active character on stage. Just as you saw him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit crazy, a little bit loud at times. <laughs> you know, if he enters the room, you'd know Bobby has entered. Hey, yeah, you know, he, he was very funny, very funny. And sometimes very loud. But that's exactly how you saw him. On the videos or wherever, that, that he likes to pop a joke or two and, you know, and, and, and so forth. But I find it ironic that um, he died where Rasputin was born and where Rasputin died in St. Petersburg. Yeah, very, very ironic. Very, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Only God knows. Only God knows indeed. One song I have to ask you about because it's very special to the people in this country and it's a song yes. you you did lead vocals on and that's yes. Belfast. Where did that come from? Oh, that's, I would call it my song up until this day because you see Belfast was produced for me by another producer before Boney M was invented. And you know why? I was the only one who was touring Germany with my reel-to-reel tape in discotheques and galas and everywhere singing this Belfast that Joe Menke, that Joe Menke prepared for me in his studio in Hamburg Maschen. And Hamburg Maschen is a little place, Maschen is a little place on the outskirts of Hamburg, like Harburg, you know. Mm -hmm. And because the tour manager noticed that the people love this Belfast so much, he then went and told Frank Farian, oh my God, this Belfast it's going down really well, you know, within the shows and everything. Farian said, aha, well, let's make it a Boney M song. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Boney M got Belfast. And I thought to myself, well, why not? I am Boney M. Why shouldn't it, you know, go and, and it's for a cause. And that's how it's a Boney M song. And did you get the opportunity, I think you did, to perform that song in Ireland? Oh, yes. You haven't seen that video? No. Oh, there, when we were live in, 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 in Ireland, oh, my goodness. That I gave a performance, dear. I'm not only a singer. <laughs> I, I, I'm in a trance when I'm performing, when I'm on stage. That's a place to sing and perform and give it your best. So you check up, go uh, on YouTube and... Arxoboni M in Belfast in in, in in yeah Belfast and 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 then you'll see my performance there mm. and tell me what you think. <laughs> Got to have a
story about the Russian people giving you vodka to keep you warm <laughs> outside and inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we sh- we were shooting the video. Now we can say video. We were filming at the time Mary's Boy Child in the Red Square. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously uh, 32 below zero is, is, no, is no joke. It's very cold. And um, we filmed, I think we... Re- repeated that song outside maybe about 25, 30 times. I have no idea. It was just a very, very, you know, painstaking day. And um, the the way to keep us warm, as soon as we filmed, we, we would go back in the bus. They had, they had a little bus with, you know, that they kept us. We would go in to stay warm. And the, the women were very kind. They would wash us with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I think we must have smelled really good afterwards. <laughs> But what a surprise that song was for you, Mary's Boy Child, because that became such a huge hit and it's played every single Christmas by almost every single radio station. Yes, 
I am so grateful to God for that. You know, sometimes you can be just be in the right place at the right time. And I think that on that day when I was in the car, we were going to the studio to uh, finish. I uh, can't remember what we were doing in the studio, actually, because the, the Night Flight to Venus album was already more or less on the market, finished and everything. This is in November. I think we were working on the demonstrations for the Oceans of Fantasy album. And um, Frank Farron just spontaneously said to me, do you know this song? And he mentioned the first two lines of the song. And I, I kind of didn't quite know what he was talking about. So I sang for him what I thought he was talking about. And um, he said to me, absolutely, now we're going in the studio. We're going to record this. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of what we could not have imagined. Yeah, such a beautiful song. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it is, such, it is such a beautiful Christmas song. And it's one of those Christmas songs that you never, ever tire of hearing. Never. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like to hear that. Liz Mitchell speaking about the success that was and still is Mary's Boy Child. Well, I know that we're not long after celebrating the festive season, but let's put the finishing touches to part one in programme two, the story and songs of Boney M. And let's remember the last few minutes of what is truly a great festive song. Oh, a moment the world was aglow, all the bells rang out, there were tears of joy and laughter. People shouted, let everyone know, there is hope for all to find peace. Your son to save us, oh my Lord Your very self you gave us, oh my Lord That sin may not enslave us And love may reign once more Oh my Lord When in the crypt they found him, oh my Lord A golden halo found him, oh my Lord They gathered all around him to see him Part 2 in Programme 2, The Story and Songs of Boney M. Well, I've read many times that Boney M and Elton John were the only two artists allowed to perform in what was then known as the Soviet Union. It is also said that Boney M were the first. So, what's Marcia Barrett's take on all of this? I know we were the first. You see? Yeah, before Elton because John. Because the plane yeah. before Elton John. Yeah. Because the, the, the air flood had sent their airplane to London Heathrow and everybody's saying, what is that plane doing here? And blah, blah, blah. It's a bony M. But of course it was for passengers, but that's plane we flew over. So I think, and I can't say I'm very sure, that we were the first group ever to appear first 
in the USSR. You were definitely one of the top bands at the time, and you, you still are. You're still very, very popular. Mm. How well were you and the rest of the group able to handle the fame and the popularity when it came? Well, you see, all individuals are different. And I think from what I have noticed that we angle it well. I am actually, I was there. I thought to myself, well, you know what? Just do what is asked, so-and-so. And then disciplined enough. I'm a disciplined person, you know, mm-hmm. and organized as well. So going to my head, no, it was just another phase in my life. But I can't speak for all members of the group because everybody's got different characters. Yeah. You know, and Bobby, poor Bobby is, is gone already. That's a great loss, but everybody has its own, is for her own destiny. Brown girl in the ring.
Can I ask you, because at present we're hearing about professional footballers in England who are experiencing quite a lot of racial abuse in England at the moment. Did you or the remainder of the band ever experience that during your careers? So far, no. I, what is happening nowadays is really gone way back, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I came here to England as a child, as a teenager, and all you can hear at school, n- nothing, only teddy boys at the time, at that time, and then that didn't last long. So what's happening nowadays is really a shame. Absolutely. And it's not just in football, as somebody said during in the week. It's everywhere. We just don't hear about it's it. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, well, now it's coming out and this and that. And it is a very, very, I wouldn't even, it's very disappointing, I would say. That's my word. Very disappointing to know that people can't live together and share a little love, understanding and tolerance and then get to find out about another person's culture. You know, and if you don't like that or if you don't like to eat that or drink that or blah, blah, then it's okay. But at least you know. I think it's wisdom, actually, knowing other people's culture. Because with my traveling that I've done in my days, you know, the 40, 50 years, let me tell you something. It is indeed the best lesson because we are everywhere, every country, everywhere and you're thinking. And you can only learn. You can only learn. If you don't see it, you won't learn anything. And you will stay in that bigotry mode, which is not healthy for any human being. Which would make me suggest to you, from what I've just heard you say, that music is a great healer. It is indeed, in more than one way. Music is the key of life, really, is it is absolutely essential. But some people can't feel music. I don't know what it is. And isn't it so disappointing that the colour of a person's skin, their culture, mm. their religion can lead to such wanton yeah, that's violence? that's disappointing because, yeah. see, that's why I have to bless little Jamaica like that. Our motto is, out of many, one people. You see? Mm-hmm. You would be sitting beside a a white man, a Chinese, an Indian, or whatever, and you don't know that that person is Jamaican until they open their mouth. We were brought up mingling with people we didn't have any. Okay, sometimes we say, that one is fairer or that one is a... But I didn't feel as a child that it was an issue to be discussing because you were born uh, with a lighter uh, tone of skin or whatever. So I'm not used to that. So when you're not used to a certain thing, you're wondering, where the hell have I landed? (laughs) (laughs) And then you don't pay attention. I just, what is not important to me, even though I think it's important because I'm a black woman, but I don't make it the order of the day to go around and so on. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. I see people, you have every different person in every race, in every country, and you just have to be aware of everything, movements, everything around you, especially nowadays, because you don't know why people are hating that much. Was it yesterday or the day before I was watching your performance doing King of the Road? Oh, yeah, with Mm. Bobby there, yes. And, you know, that wasn't rehearsed. I didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't know what I was going to (laughs) do. That was spontaneous. Mm. Didn't it come over well? It did indeed. And, and yes, good performance too again. <laughs> well, when you see Belfast, you will, you will say something of the kind. That's the, the cream of the performances. Isn't it? Well, I tell you, no, it is. No, when I perform, I perform. All right. Because I, I give everything and I portray a song to the full. Yeah. And am I correct in saying, was that song banned in Britain or was it played in the radio stations in Britain? Belfast? Yeah. Belfast, yes, it was, you know, Mm. coming to think about it. You know, I never remember that. Yes, I think so. Yes, I'm not sure, but it still poked itself out, didn't it? Yeah, (laughs) it did indeed, yeah.
The old Roger Miller hit, King of the Road, performed by Boney M and featuring Marcia Barrett on vocals. Well, for Liz Mitchell, she has constantly thanked God for giving her the career that she has followed so successfully. But what if she were able to go back to the heyday of Boney M? Would she like to do that? And if so, would she change anything? Maybe not such a great question for somebody who believes strongly in destiny and not interfering with it. Wow. Well... That's a long question. It, it, yes, fate and destiny yeah. are things that we, we can't really mess with because what I would change would then maybe change something else. Do you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> yes. I've, I've heard somebody suggest that before, yeah. It, that can happen, you yeah. Just, you just don't know what you could change because there is a reaction to the action, mm-hmm. a reaction to the action. So even if I was to say, um, you know, there are things that I would would do better or would have changed, it really doesn't help me to say that because it was then. (laughs) Yeah, I understand, yeah. So let's talk now about the present. And you're still performing as good and as often as ever. All right. Well, it's interesting how I started performing um, as Liz Mitchell because it wasn't something that I planned or wanted to do. In fact, I just recently literally apologized to my my children because I feel like uh, what I didn't plan happened, if you know what I mean. I got taken over by by touring. And um, sometimes when I should have been at home, I wasn't. And I think this is a cry for every uh, showbiz mother who, if you love your kids, you, you know, and you find that you're, you're on the road and there's nothing you can do. So you're pleasing the audience and you're not satisfying your children. But in saying that, I have been very, very blessed. Um, from the time I started working as Liz Mitchell, um, original lead singer of Boney M, every show I've had, and I, I really give God thanks for that, uh, the audience have always been very, very pleased and always rebook and want me to come back. And so this is how I've stayed on the road, traveling the world back and forth like this, because every, even here in Canada, it's always, please come back, please come back. So I, I want to retire. I want to kind of slow down, but it is, it's not so easy. <laughs> Coming up in part three in program two, the final program, Marcia Barrett on her battle with cancer, remaining positive and having complete confidence in the man above and Liz Mitchell and how her children react to a famous mammy. The story and songs of Boney M comes to a conclusion in part three after the break. story and songs of Boney M comes to a conclusion now in part three in program two. Well, this song was written and recorded by Bobby Hebb in 1966. Boney M included the song in their debut album, Take the Heat Off Me, in 1976. It was another major hit for the group, as nearly always topping the German charts. It made number three in the UK charts and number one also in France, South Korea, the Netherlands, Belgium and Austria. The song is called Sunny.
Boney M and a song called Sonny. Well, while Liz Mitchell believes strongly in destiny, Marcia Barrett believes strongly in positivity, one's own mind power and the power of God, which is just as well because she needed all the help she could muster from 1994 onwards. Talk to me about your battle with cancer, its reoccurrence and the importance of, and this was something we, we mentioned briefly yes. before we started re- recording, the importance yes. of positivity. Oh, that's very important because um, when it happened to, to us, I would say to us, because Marcus is my husband since 1984, right? Mm-hmm. And it started 10 years later. It was like, first of all, you don't believe it, you know, that you have cancer. I said, well, why I live so healthy, doing my sports, doing everything. What, what is going on? But I was never afraid, neither was Marcus. Because we had a strong faith that the doctors are going to do their best. We go in, you know, to every surgery. We know that I was going to come out because of the thoughts that we had, the faith we had in God that he was going to bring me up. Because I know I, I'm not ready. Jesus is not going to call me now. <laughs> I've got things to do. I've got things to do. <laughs> so how is he? You know, I'm a special child. You feel special. You feel special. You have the same thoughts. You go in with this power. And you will overcome, you have, but you have to think. How do you get one to think positive? They have to understand what life is about, you see? Mm-hmm. Not because you have a bad day or a rough day, you throw in the towel. You have to go and fight, pick yourself back up, shake it off, and go, ha, here am I. I am sewed up. Let me go further. Can I walk? I taught myself to walk again. I was even paralyzed from the waist down. And you had to learn to walk all over again. I did it myself. No therapy, nothing at all. I went home and I said, I don't need a doctor. I don't need a wheelchair. I practiced from in, within the hospital because, as I said, I have things to do. I have my plan. Is that is just go forward. And that's why the book is called Forward. No looking back. Looking back is a lesson, you see. Looking back, you can only learn from. And when you succeed once, you will succeed again. And how did you feel then when it reoccurred again? I mean, were you angry? No, no, no. no. I just said to my oncologist there at the time I was in Palm Beach, you know, on the Oscars, we lived on the Oscars of Palm Beach. And I just said, oh, well, let's do the same thing all over again. You just prepare. It's just that the only thing is, and I wasn't even annoyed that it set me back each time, like a year for treatment. Each time you think, okay, now... All right, this is what I'll do. Marcus and I were writing and so forth. And this is, uh, we'll take it. And then you have to stay, put everything on hold within the career. And this show business is very fickle. (laughs) (laughs) But I had no panic. Like, by the time I'm healed, then it will be that. And then the other one came. And then other operations came in between. Oh, my goodness. Here I am today talking to you. I can perform. My voice haven't changed Probably better, <laughs> I'm more mature, <laughs> you know, and I can do an operatic part or whatever and, uh, you know, and just enjoy my life. So would it be a combination of belief in yourself and belief in God, the man above? God first, the man yeah. above first, Yeah. you know, and believe in your spouse. Because he, my husband, cared for me. He really nursed me like a doctor at home. He was a doctor at home. (laughs) At one stage, he had to take off the dressing every day out of my back where the stitches were. Because they found the tumor just sitting on top of my spinal cord. It was like a piece, you know, a big bean. Yeah. Sitting on top of the spinal cord. And then they had to take it off and hope for the best. And the same treatment, radiation, chemotherapy, and so forth and so forth. And this man, I wish every woman a man like my husband. 
That's Marcus. Yes. Yeah. Marcus Norman James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's also a musician, as you know, I write everything by book. He was a, a former basis of Eddie Grant. You know, people sometimes forget that when a person is diagnosed with cancer, that yes. not only they are affected, but their husband, their wife, their brother, their sister, they, their people, mother, they're all affected. People are always asking, Mar- Marcus, I guess it's very strange. Why people are asking me, how do I feel? I'm not the ill one. I said, no, 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 baby. <laughs> it's because you didn't run off. You didn't run off the first, first, up until the fifth and the sixth and the in-between and the doctor's visit. You, I have never see, saw a frown on my husband's face. We just come on. Well, I tell you, one, the one that sh- really shook, shook us is when we moved into this flat in 2009 here in Berlin. And then I was diagnosed with the esophagus. Now, that, it was like two weeks after we moved in, looking, things were looking bright, everything, um, you know, getting my shows done, you know, at every corner of the world, you know, carrying, pursuing my, my career. Oh, my God. We just sat there for a couple of days and said, and then afterwards, let's go. And then I took in the hospital with me the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent. I wrote about that in my book as well. And I took my survival magazine because from the first or second bout of cancer, I had written a magazine by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And I took it, you know, it was turned out nicely, beautifully. And I took it in with the hospital, put it over my bedhead and just believed that I was going to come out of that. Ten hours operation. And I did. And I didn't get chemo this time. You know, they said it's too much, too much, too many sessions of chemo. They made the right choice. So it was total and utter belief. Yeah. Freeze, I'm a baker. Put your hands in the air. Give me all your money. This is the story of my baker, the meanest cat from old Chicago town.
Finally, for Liz Mitchell, her son and daughter are mindful of how long their mother spends on tour. Two of my children have been on stage with me, my first daughter. She's a wonderful singer, and, and she's a mom now, and she, because of, of me being away, she's a little uh, insecure about going on the road with me at the moment because she's got two children. So that's the only reason she is not traveling with me, because she doesn't want to do what I did to her. <laughs> it's quite sad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and um, my son, he's on the road. There's one of them who is engineering with me. He also complains, and he's a dad, and he complains because he has a son. But he's actually uh, using FaceTime a lot with his son. So in my day, we didn't have that. I hope you enjoyed the songs and story of Boney M. My thanks to Liz and Marcia for joining me, to John Futus and Sound, and thanks to you for your company as well. Until Sunday evening next at 7, for myself, John Green, enjoy the remainder of your Sunday and have a great week. Goodbye for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.